Sloss and Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. That, that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or magic being cynical. Muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9 11? We are back. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the muggins. Dollar, dollar, billio. <laughs> I don't even know where that's from. It's Cash rules everything around me. It's Who's that? Man from Wu Tang Clan. Oh, okay. See, so I. Do another one. Nope. This looks like a job for muggins, so everybody just follow muggins because we need a little controversial muggins because it feels so nope. empty without cream. <laughs> um, I mean, I had to put controversial muggins in there to get to get the nope. punch, but I'm. Um, you but you can do it with practically everything. Well, no, you can't. No woman, no cry. No woman, no cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back uh, after last week's Mondays. What day is it today? It's Wednesday, but That's we're putting Wednesday, this out on yeah. Thursdays, so what is time? Well, yeah. Uh, we are uh, down in London. Uh, last night we had a fucking ridiculous night. We got uh, on it. We did. Uh, we're, uh, I'm on at the Soho Theatre uh, And Nick Cody is also on there uh, And we had uh, the lovely Elliot Steele and Tom Houghton come join us And then and me and Natalie went to watch Matilda Yeah you did Man I was watching Matilda right? There's a the, there's the, uh, the theatre the play Written by Tim Minchin Oh is it? Yeah he did the music Yeah, yeah that makes sense Because Tom Houghton sent of us Oh the next one that Tim Minchin's doing is um, Fuck what is it? It's, really, it's really good Tim Minchin's doing a good thing, but he said that, and I don't know where I thought he just said it out of the blue, but he clearly said it because Tim Minchin wrote Matilda. But uh, there was a bit when I was watching Matilda where the cup was on the the apparatus, like the PA apparatus, and the cup's there, and she's trying to move it with her mind, and she couldn't do it, and she's like really trying. And then I thought, I'm going to give her a hand. (laughs) (laughs) And I started doing it, and then it worked. (laughs) See that, Natalie? I just fucking helped her. (laughs) The cup flew off the apparatus the minute I started helping her. She was struggling for ages. And then you thought, you're like, you are like a child in those things. Like, just, did at any point where you just so tempted to shout, it's behind you because you're seven years fucking old? No, it was like, uh, you know, when you pretend to be a Jedi when you open the automatic doors, yeah. and they're going to open anyway. It was just like one of them, wasn't it? One of them. <laughs> However, I can't prove that I didn't do it. Yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you, know, you know, I was fired from Panto. Yeah, I do know this. It was something to do with you went on the Paul O'Grady show. Yeah, so this and is not he a... Was like, I like, I like your chops. You've got spunk, kid. And they just threw you in at the deep end. Yeah, it was basically when I was 17, I did the Paul O'Grady show, uh, like, so fucking clean. Now, it, that was when I did... Uh, my most famous joke from when I was young was the shaving joke. And the whole premise of the joke was, my dad comes into the room and he starts talking to me about shaving. I think he's talking about sex. And it was, it was just a very well-written bit, and it was sort of what I was known for when I was it young. It was all just innuendo. It could yeah. apply to both topics. But when I'm doing the Paul O'Grady show, right, because that's on a fucking primetime television, right, it's on at like five in the afternoon, sorry, it's like watershed. They make me, they're like, you can't say certain things, which I'm fine with. But the things they changed in the joke made it way more fucking offensive, right? So one of the lines in it was like, so it's my dad saying, that, and he's talking about shaving, but I think he's talking about sex. He's like, oh, you know, the first time you do it, there will be a little bit of blood, but don't worry. Best thing to do is just get some tissue paper, just roll it up and stick it on there. And one of the producers was like, oh, we don't think you can say, say blood. It's just a bit graphic. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. What would you suggest? And they went, just say, uh, just say there may be a bit of general mess. Uh, and I'm like, 
No, that's <laughs> like that's far. You just changed it from blood to spunk, yeah, say. or but just or shrapnel or just like ah, oh, it just made it sound so fun gross. But I did the show and it went, it went well. And then the but the thing everyone you have to remember with my stuff is there's material I do that can get on television. And then there's the other 80% of the material I do. So the, I, all my clean stuff goes out in tele, which is why for so many years I have people who see my stuff on TV, they come out and then I'm talking about yeah. drugs, death, and no God, and, you know, whatever. So these guys see this cheeky, chappy, young, fucking, you know, puppy fat kid, flicky Floppy hair. hair. Uh, and they're like, uh, do you want to do pantomime? And I'm like, no, I've got, like, that's, no, I'm not. I'm, oh. I was like, no, not really. And they were like, it's... At Wimbledon Theatres with Pamela Anderson, Brian Blessed, Paul O'Grady, and David Hasselhoff. Pamela Anderson, mate. That's yeah. my childhood. I had a fucking loaded magazine. Right, that's me, it, yeah, that's me with Brian Blessed. I used to, <laughs> <laughs> used to sneak, a, sneak a Brian Blessed photographs oh, into the bathroom. Wait. Just fucking strumming it to Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hold on. So you, you got kicked off for not being able to sing a right, dance, so, right? So I said to them at the start, they were like, I'm like, what's the part? And it was like, fucking buttons or bubbles wherever the fucking the comedy character is and I'm like I cannot sing that's a big major role isn't it yeah yeah it's it's the comedy relief it's the one that talks to the kids Yeah. and I'm like I need you to know I can't sing and I can't dance right and I know this because I I did acting when I was uh, young because my mum did what me at the house so she sent me to the local theatre so I did loads of like musicals and stuff but it was I was always very good confident acting I can't sing for shit no rhythm to the point where one of the plays try though no, no, like, I had, here's how bad it was. I was one of the leads in a fucking theatre play at the Adam Smith Theatre, and they had to rewrite the whole song so it was a rap, because that's how bad I was at singing. They were but like, this is excruciating. You just had to do something by, like, Mike Skinner or something, just something, yeah. like, where you talk, talk your way through the lyrics. Oh, so, so I'm like, I can't sing or I can't dance, and they're like, oh, honestly, don't worry about it, you'll be fine. So I go down. Uh, two days were just fun, it was just rehearsals. None of the celebs were there, but they were like, uh, they were like, oh, you, uh, you can't sing or dance. And I was like, I know. That's what I said. They were like, oh, we just thought you were being modest. And I'm like, oh, you clearly don't know me. I don't do modesty. <laughs> like, I either go on about how I'm the greatest at something, or I'm like, I'm... I'll, I'll stay away from that. Like, yeah. Fucking. And, they, and they're... And you got to remember, I'm 17, 18 years old. I'm going down from, like, I'm there at the end of November. I'm going to be there till mid-January. Uh, I've got one day off to go home for Christmas, right? The fee was... I don't, I've got no mind... I don't mind saying it. It was 10 grand for the two months. Two and a half months, right? right. Which, the time you work isn't good, but... But uh, bear in mind, you're, like, 17 years it's old. It's the most money I've ever heard of in my goddamn life. Yeah. And uh, after two days, they go, we'll give you half the money if you leave now. So you've got, you got out of two months' work. Yeah, just, five, with five grand yeah. at the age of 17 because they booked yeah 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 and again same thing with me with no concept of what money was at that time like oh, I can't believe I get to buy a fucking house yeah, yeah go up and just that, that's so funny how much like your, your career would change I'm, I'm reading um, Hitchhiker's Guy at the Galaxy at the minute and there was a line in that about every decision that you make so the life that you could have li- lived yeah. dying uh, so the life that you could have lived if you just went all right, I've fucking, I've got to get a singing coach. I've got to learn how to dance. I'm just going to focus on this. And if you put your focus towards that, maybe you would have stayed with your focus to, on that, and you would have reached age of 26, and you'd be like all fucking drama and oh, yeah, maybe all, all theatrical stuff rather than comedy stuff. Oh, I probably would have still been it was in a it, massive shatter point in your life. Oh, but maybe I would have just gone down the route of like more musical stuff. Maybe in 20 years' time, had I gone down that route, you would have been fucking going uh, to the theatre to watch some musical that I wrote. 
on the Holocaust or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went there. Right. Yeah, sh- shouldn't let's list the West hey, like End musical. Look, like, if they can do one about fucking Les Miserables, which is about, th- why, you know. Oh, do you know when I went to watch Les Miserables? Wait, isn't that what The Sound of Music is about? Huh? Sound of Music? Isn't I've never about- seen that one. I don't oh. know. It. I know, it's, I know it's, it's very famous, but I don't know what it's about it at like, all. It's got something to do with Jews in the Hills. Is it not like, frankly, my dear, you're just not worth it? Is that that one? Oh, I've got... <laughs> I'm just misquoting different films now. <laughs> just to, uh, just <laughs> to irritate all the musical theatre fans, who are clearly our fans as well. Yeah. I mean, well, I've got some Les Mis fans in the mix. For oh, sure. So I was talking to Cody last night, and obviously, I don't mind musicals. Like, I loved Book of Mormon. I've seen um, uh, We Will Rock You, but there's just some ones I just go, I just, I don't... I've, and I know I'm wrong. I've not seen Les Miserables, I don't know what it's about, I'm just like, it's just, it's people singing about their feelings. Yeah, wouldn't it be weird if every time they stop singing, they just go, whoa, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and just start confessing. That was fucking really odd. I did have uh, two things I want to uh, bring up. We just told the story last uh, night, but I just think it's a fucking great one for the podcast. And I know that both people involved uh, listen to it, which is the Elliot Steele Late in Live story. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Elliot, Elliot Steele, up and coming comic. We've took him under our wing. Young lad. He's 20 years old now. He's 20 years. We've known him since he was uh, 17. And he's a great comic. His, for those of you who don't know, uh, he'll be pissed off that we mentioned this, but his dad is uh, Mark Steele, who, if you don't know who Mark Steele is, get out more. Yeah, just look at any of his articles that he's done about it, anything. Like yeah. every time you see an independent article, is it independent? It, he does right now. Yeah, or Guardian. Or the Guardian. Two, yeah. You see his articles shared, they're always fucking phenomenal. And he does the. Um, Mark Steele's in town where he'll go to specific towns yeah. and he'll do everything about the town that he's in that's on Radio 4 so he's a he's a, uh, he's a comedian he has, he's been on the circuit for years and he's a phenomenal circuit comic like as a comedian in the UK you don't not know who Mark Steele is like he's just when you came in he was still top like he's, he's, he's brilliant he's so smart we've seen him live a bunch of times and his Sat- son satirist yeah but he's so fucking intelligent and dry and Steele's just this fucking London white boy like, still, as, not as smart as Dak as his dad's got age, but, like, it's there, but he's just, oh, my God, it's too fatty. So we've taken Steel under our wing, and obviously it's a little uh, group that we've got of us and all our friends where we're just horrible to each other. As you've noticed with the podcast, this is how we are with all of our friends. And there's a gig in Edinburgh called Late and Live. Late and Live's a notorious bear pit. It's like you go on and you know you're ready for a fight. If you go on at Late and Live and you manage to do your set that you've got planned in your head from beginning to end, you've totally got away with it. You haven't had a Late and Live experience. Late and Live, you've got to be malleable. You've got to be ready for someone to shout out something. And sometimes creative. It's on at one in the morning. It's It's on on at one in the morning. People are hammered. They've already watched about six shows. And some of them are just coming because at Late and Live, it's a disco fucking thing. Some people come. They are... They come because it's a licensed party. They, yeah. can, they can drink until five. It was, it was so by famous. By getting a late life ticket. Yeah, it was so famous back in the 80s and 90s during the festival because it was just the drunk bear pit. Like, uh, everyone's done it. Everyone's done it. I just... I, I love hearing them famous stories about Reg D. Hunter and Daniel Kitson sharing a stage. And, yeah, and yeah. Like, uh, of, the, of just the insane fucking stuff. Everyone's got a late in life story of a time they ripped and a time they died, right? Yeah. I've got both. I've done two late in life gigs, bombed at one. Had a great one at the other one and tapped out. I went. I don't. Oh want. man, I, I frequented. I do it once a week at the fringe, every fringe. Oh, just fucking crowd surfing and fucking all kinds of shit. There was there was the only late life experience you and I have had together was uh, you were on stage on the last day of the festival three years ago, and then uh, the Freddie who runs it uh, backstage she handed me a fucking Nerf gun uh, and just yeah. while you were on stage shit faced, I just stood this and just started shooting you. Fucking singing this with full bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I just trying to do me kick. I'm getting fucking bitch slapped before. 
phone bullet. So it's just, you've got license to do anything, but it, it is a terrifying gig. I think yeah, yeah. Once you when you start out, yeah. it's like a terrifying prospect. Like once you've like kind of bedded in a little bit, like it's just a fun gig. Yeah, you, you can. So it's in the Gilded Balloon, which is a venue in Edinburgh, and upstairs in the Gilded Balloon is one of the artist bars where we always go to called Laughing. It's where the comedians can go in and just sort of chill and get shit faced. Uh, so I walk through every night just to see who's on the bill, and I go through. And I look at the lineup and Elliot Steele, a young 19 Elliot Steele. On the big chalkboard outside, so this is a big deal for him because all the names on the chalkboard, everyone can see it, all the foot traffic yeah, can see his name. It's a, you know, it's not a huge gig for him, but it's, it's going to be terrifying. I remember being that age and fucking terrified of that gig, right? But the thing is, unlike Elliot Steele, when I was 19 and did that gig, I didn't have friends that were cunts like me. Uh, so I go to Fred, I'm like, where is he? And Fred says, oh, she's a, uh, sorry, he's a... Uh, He's behind the, he's just backstage, he's nervous, and I go and through. And he's just there, he's just pacing about. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, yeah, 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 they're super bit rowdy. And I was like, oh, mate, just remember that no matter what happens, no matter what you do, you are going to fucking bomb. You are going to eat so much shit. He's like, mate, what are you doing? I'm like, I want you to. And I ran back through the loft, and I got all of our mates. I go, you, Milo. I go, I was like, Steel's doing his first lane in life. Yeah, so, everyone comes through. Like, all the comedians <laughs> come through. Like, stood in the doorway as well. So, like, so you, you can, can see, see You can see that doorway. Because normally when the lights are on, you can see the first couple of rows, and then it's like darkness behind that. Yeah. But we want the doorway. It's just stage right. So you can just see we're all lit up, just yeah. there, right in front of the stage. And, and he's, and he's, he's, he's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, ah. He goes on stage. Now, uh, he doesn't bomb. He says it. He, to this day, he says it was a death. I don't say it was. A, it was a bad gig. It was. It, it was quiet. This he didn't think a bomb and late in life can be them just savaging you. Yeah, they'll, they'll burn. They'll heckle you until you cry. They until kind you leave of just day. like acknowledge these existence yeah. a little bit, and then after a bit, didn't and uh, struggling, and then goes in. And the way comedy works is once you're nervous, you forget punchlines, and he trips, and then start rushing it, and then you realize you've forgotten a bit, but the audience don't realize you've forgotten a bit of the joke, but it's in your head, and then you. Yeah. And, and your instant reaction when no one's laughing is to go faster because you want to fill that silence with something so you talk faster when really even though that's the instinctive thing to do the right thing to do is just make them know that you're still in charge yes, you're going down. at your pace but this is something yeah, but that's something I learned when I was 24 uh, yeah you have to learn how to swim in the water yeah so Steel's out there and at one point one of the famous fucking uh, lines of it was it was just silence for a bit and he just tries to get the audience back on stage and he just goes uh, he he, I think he couldn't think of the link to his next joke, so he just filled it with any lads in, and d- we die back. Like that is just, <laughs> any lads in, <laughs> any lads in. So he goes off to like half the audience, so just sort of politely clapping, and uh, he's just, and we're all there. And we second he comes up to it, we just grab, him, we hug him, and he's trying to go in a fucking half. He's like, mate, that was fucking awful. I fucking bombed him like. But you have to understand, and this is my defense of our actions then. One, it was funny. Two, as I said, I'm like, you're ne- you've had your worst gig ever. Like, that is every comedian's nightmare. Yeah. You had a bad gig in front of all of your fucking mates. Every gig from now on's easy. Like, you've lived the worst fucking moment you've of had your career. And here you are. I put my arm around him and went, don't worry, mate. I wiped your name off the chalkboard. <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and then Cody was on after him So Nick Cody goes on And they're wearing the same thing They're both wearing like uh, black shirts Cody goes on and smashes the gig And just walks off afterwards And still there And just Cody just looks at Steel Looks at his shirt Looks at his own shirt And just goes Well It's not the clothes <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so funny, you know, if you bomb on a gig and everyone else bombs, you're like, oh, that was a tough gig. Yeah. But if you bomb and then someone else crushes, you're like, oh, it's... oh that was all me. <laughs> were you, you were in the room. Were you there for my fucking uh, spank this year? Yeah, I feel like I was. <laughs> when no, I... no, because I heard about it. Yeah. They were, they were WhatsApping as if it was remarkable, like there, there was something happened in it. Oh, it was, so again, this was, it was more self-sabotage. So Spank is a late night gig, kind of like late in life, but a, a bit less ready more. So it's run by uh, James Loveridge, uh, Duck. Uh, Abigailia. And uh, yes, Abigailia Shum. Yeah. And it's just, I've never done it. It's a late night gig. I just don't like them during the fringe. I want to go in and get drunk and I just don't need... I don't need to sell tickets during the fringe, and I don't want to go to a gig which is anything less than a fucking. Anything encroaching on your sport, social life. Yeah, and I'm lazy, but for years and years they begged me so, f- and I love James and Abigail and Duck so fucking much. I was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I just get in my own head that I'm gonna bomb and that it's gonna be tough. And then Stanley's dead. Yeah, you talk yourself out because you're so used to your own audience. Exactly. People that already know who you are yeah. now, you're going on as a stranger. Yeah. You're in the same playing field as everybody else. And I've got a bunch of mates down in the fucking room, same thing the way Steele did. And there's a rule in Spank, if, it, is it, if at any point you on stage say the word Spank, the whole audience go, we love it. Yeah, Spank, you love you it. You love it. And I'm on stage and I do my f- uh, first joke. And it goes down fine, but not what I'm used to. But just because it doesn't go down as, a, as a, in my head, I'm like, I'm like, and I just say Spank and they go, you love it. And I'm like, from now on, whenever a joke bombs, I'm just going to say the word Spank and then just get through this gig, which is the worst thing I could have done because now I'm showing the, telling the audience I'm not enjoying the show. So unprofessional on my part, but yeah. I've been drinking, I'm in my own fucking head. Uh, and then uh, someone heckles, we have a little bit of a thing and it goes well. And then I go back to my material. But anytime I'm doing jokes about like, the gig or people in the audience, it's getting laughs. And yeah. then when I start, when I realise what I've done and I start to making fun of myself, it's getting big laughs. But then I go, right, I'll try another joke. And then the joke bombs. And then they laugh because I just say spank. So the whole thing is, even I'm beginning to enjoy it in the way of like, I can hear the comedians laughing at the back of the room. And so they're purposefully letting your jokes bomb so that no, you can not. do No, they're not. It's the, just no. like, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm delivering them at like 60%. Yeah. Like I'm going, but, but then I, and then I throw, you know, a little fake tantrum afterwards. But at one point, it's just good. And I can hear James Loveridge and he's sat in the front row because he's wanted me to do it for so long and he's just laughing at how angry I'm getting, upset I'm getting. He's loving it. The comics are fucking loving it. Yeah, it's a live moment. Yeah. And at one point I just go, how long have I got left? And he goes, oh, you can come off stage now. And I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not leaving to anything less than a big laugh. And I do my best joke. And it gets a little bit of a laugh and I'm like, not good enough. Not good enough. I just went, God, and I just laid down on stage for two minutes and just listed off my CV. <laughs> I, just, I just laid down on the floor and I was like, I've been on Conan six times. Uh, I was the youngest person ever to play the solo there, do a solo run there. Uh, I've got a house. McIntyre's Roadshow. McIntyre's Roadshow, Jason Manfred's Comedy Rocks. I sell 11,000 tickets every year at the Edinburgh Festival. Polo Grady. Polo Grady. Fired from Pano. The Adventures of Daniel. <laughs> the Adventures of Daniel, which is a, a pilot that Daniel done years ago yeah. when you started. Oh, man, if anyone can dig into the archives and find that, got it. please link me in. My mom, have you not seen it? I've seen it. I saw it when it came out. It's not. I was all right. Like, I remember being complimentary. Like, yeah, like, we hadn't even done my first tour yet at the point when you'd yeah, done this. And was, I remember texting you going, fucking represent it well. I, did, I thought it was all right. But it, I just I can't imagine it's aged well. No, it probably hasn't. But what is very interesting for uh, any uh, fans in there, Jenny Hulse, who played my girlfriend in that show, is now a regular on River City. And Kev, who played my best friend in the show, was in uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And Ed Byrne, who played God, is Ed Byrne. Yeah, Ed Byrne, who played all the fantasies in my head. Uh 
Yeah, God. Maybe just the what I've always wanted to do, like once we get to a stage with this podcast, and please, listeners, give us feedback on this so we know whether it's worth doing. One thing I've always wanted to do is for bonus episodes is I think it would be very funny if you and I did uh, a running drunken commentary, like a drinking Harry Potter game where you and I watch it and drink. So what it means is the audience can sit at home, watch the movie, play the podcast at the, same, the, podcast time. At the same time, turn the volume down on your TV and just listen to us doing a running commentary while we get drunk. Because uh, Pete Holmes uh, did that a while ago and there's... Um, What's the name of the stoner American comic? Uh, Doug Stanhope? No, no, um, Doug, no, it is Doug something. It's, the one that done yeah, uh, Super, Super High, High Me. Yeah. yeah, he does uh, running commentary films all the time, and it is a very funny thing. So we could do that. But one that might be good is if you and I get absolutely fucking stoned out of our noggins and do the Harry the, Potter. No, dig up the Adventures of Daniel. Ah, uh, <laughs> that a, would be fucking funny. But I think that would. I, I think the best way to do that one there would be we would have to get like Nick Cody. And Andrew Ma- Stanley and Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson would be like a great show for that the one. The comedians that w- I know would crucify it to the next level. Yeah. I think that would be a good thing hey, to do. Hey, on your DVD, we did that. We did? On your DVD, me, you and Mark Nelson done a running commentary. And, uh, and Ali, my best friend Ali. Ah, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. So there's four of us just uh, on the couch with the camera set up watching the DVD and talking about your jokes and talking about shit. That was essentially the first ever podcast we'd done. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Um... Oh, right. I have one thing I wanted to get... Oh, I wanted to say, while we're on the topic of spank, this is a a good story. Um, You weren't there, I don't think, but you know the naked promo? Yeah. Right? So they do a naked promo at Spank, if you don't know, on this gig, after the interval, they'll do a naked promo where anyone from the audience can get up and promote their show at the Fringe Festival, but they can only do it if they're naked. So they get a minute on stage, and it's usually like uh, drama students and like young people that are, are bringing a show up for the first time. They'll get up, they've got an, a captive audience of 250 people, and they get to plug their show. Yeah. If, they, if, they ref, like, if no one from the oh, audience... Oh, I got naked wants, at Spank. Did it? Yeah, because everyone kept... Sorry, I completely... Repress that because everyone kept shouting, "Get naked, get your cock out!" Now, as we know, got a big old dick, hard to. Is this, you done this while you are doing uh, on stage, so, so it, everyone just like, uh, oh, fuck, your, "Fuck your accolades, get your cock out!" Yeah. So after I've done the thing of lying on the floor and I refuse to leave for a big laugh, I just go, "Fuck it," and I just start taking my fucking clothes off. I got fully tired of the thing, turn around, put my sock over my dick, yeah, to make it smell better. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's a foot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only eight inches, but it smells like a foot. <laughs> you know what? Someone tweeted the other day about, uh, I'm sure this podcast is just to promote Daniel's cock. Yeah. In every every single fucking episode, there's been a product placement of your cock. Yeah, but you started it. I, re- I never bring up how big my... Like, that's probably the only time I've ever brought it up. You're the one that's fascinated. No. Nah. You're like one of those... You, you want to be one of those snake charmers with a dick. <laughs> just playing a little flute. Put it back in a basket. <laughs> Um, so yeah, naked promo when you were doing it. So the naked promo was on, and um, sometimes James Loveridge will just do a, like promote a show that he wants, and he'll get naked as he's hosting because no one in the audience wants to get up. But there's always, always someone, whether it be James or an audience member, getting naked. And I was on after the naked promo, and I've done it before, and it's always a bit weird because you're going on after someone's just had their cock out, and yeah. tits have been on stage, and you, I, I went on, and I just went, you know what? I always find it weird coming on after the naked promo because you've just seen a guy's dick, and now I've got to tell stories about my dad or whatever. Like, I, I, like I never know how to start when I d- do this. 
but I just went, ah, oh, fuck it. And I just pulled down my jeans, I pulled down my boxers, and just when we cock out, with just like my t shirt on, like a fucking toddler having a piss. <laughs> just <laughs> did the gig, did the gig, Lift, did, lifted up your shirt so you don't get pee on it. <laughs> uh, I didn't even like, I didn't even reference it after that. I just carried on. I not much to reference. Nah. I just, <laughs> I just fucking did my set as if my cock wasn't out. And there was only one point where I referenced it where there was three lads in the front row, and I just went, lads, I'm up here. I'm not a piece of meat. <laughs> Pointed at my face. Oh, uh, right. Let's go to our first game before we do that. Let's get some more wine. Just so you know what the type of reprobates me and Kai are, it is uh, Wednesday at uh, about half past three in the afternoon, and uh, Natalie, his, his girlfriend, has left the house, and we're just drinking all of her wine. She's at work. And I've got uh, a show tonight. She's got she's got wine in the fridge. She does. I'm, do- I'm doing a podcast tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah, you did yeah, this morning. Chris, Chris Fucking Judas. Yeah. Traitorous cunt. Right, let's get a bottle of wine. Back in two seconds. Bye. All right, we're back. Um, so we're going to play the first game. Uh, always the fan favourite of uh, Muggle Corner. Uh, for first time uh, listeners, uh, Muggle is obviously a term from the Harry Potter world uh, to describe non-magic people. And it's a term that a lot of In the of real you- world, to describe non-magic people. Yeah, non-magic it, people. Yeah, people that just... It's, um, what's funny is there's been a couple of accounts of people saying when they first heard it, they thought it was like a bit harsh. Mm. And they're like, uh, Ricketts both said, and Nick, uh, I don't know if it was Cody said off, he was talking about Luch said yeah. it, his missus. But um, they're saying like, it's a bit fucking harsh, going in hard on them. But we're yeah. going, literally, we'll get everybody. Yeah. We get ourselves, we get our parents, we get everybody. So if we're going hard, if this is the first time you're hearing it and you're like, oh, fuck, I'd do that. Like, yeah. Just this bear is in mind, we do six of... Six, We'll do six, 12 six, a week yeah yeah six an episode we, we, yeah we will be we will catch it it's just little things that you do that are just a bit stupid and just shit and we're all guilty of it like last week and if week, you do get offended by anything we say <laughs> you fucking muggle you fucking muggle getting offended because oh that's me I do that and people are, I've, I've people got, are thinking that I'm a muggle and, uh, I've got an example shut up I've got an example to give that isn't uh one of my ones but it happened on the mor- this morning on the train on the tube I was fucking livid I'm sat on the fucking tube the London Underground now as you said before the, I should love London because it's people like me keep your head down don't talk to fucking anyone yeah. go through your life on the fucking tube this morning right two fucking cunts one with a little fucking handheld keyboard and one with a saxophone come on and just start playing Christmas music Oh, they right. try to make something happen. Trying to make something happen. They would have had another friend with a hidden camera as well. Oh, in case absolutely. It all oh, totally. Yeah. Like, being like, oh, isn't it funny bringing a Christmas cheer to the London Underground? I can totally tell it's going to be a viral video, and you're going to look in the back, and it's going to be me flipping them the bar. Hold on. I, there was a baby. Did it catch on? Well, some people, so muggles enjoy that shit. Like, they were like, oh, sorry. I was sat beside a woman who had a, a sleeping baby, and they're just blowing this fucking shit in with shitty jazz versions of things. I'm like, it's, you're forcing me to listen to this. Uh. Fucking shit! If you were good, you wouldn't be on a train. Like, like at no point in my fucking career have I ever gotten the fucking seven forty to fucking Waterloo and been like, "Oh, my dad thing. The dad did the dad thing the other day." Ugh. Fucking! If you're <laughs> not then, good enough, to and do then it. I actually got off the bus. <laughs> yeah, uh, but muggles are the sort of thing that enjoy it. Like, oh, it's just a bit of Christmas cheer. Yeah, dude. Uh, that I, I love the idea of that not catching on of them trying to do it and just not catching fire because there was um. When I when I opened for Steve-O on the last few days, oh, rub it in my face. A couple of I uh, fucking left it in that left you muggins and all on the road. Uh, there was someone tried to start a chant of Steve-O, Steve-O, but it was like unnecessary. Yeah. Like imagine you're doing a gig and people enjoying it because he's just doing comedy, right? He's got a couple of stunts in mm-hmm. there. He's doing stand-up, and then everyone's just like Daniel, Daniel. It would be annoying, right? 
Yeah. Would it be annoyed um, by it? Oh, during the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd do it a bit. Beforehand, it, oh, yeah, during the show, yeah. Before the thing, it'd be kind of cool. So he's trying to do a bit, and people are laughing, but then someone enjoys the bit to the point that they start going, Steve-o, Steve-o. And about six people caught on, and I was like, oh, don't let it catch fire. Yeah. Don't let it catch it. And then it kind of, it was just listening to the last few that the guy did when he realized it wasn't working. And he's like, Steve-o, Steve-o, oh, oh. Steve, oh. no one? Okay. Um, so every week we come up with three uh, muggle things we think are muggly. We talk about uh, whether they're muggly or not. If we both agree, they go into muggle corner, which means if you're guilty of these things, you have to stand in the corner for 30 seconds. Doesn't mean you're a full-blown muggle, just means everyone's got muggle tendencies. I was in the corner for two minutes last week. Yeah, like, I was guilty of four things. You just got to think about what you've done. Right. My first one. Uh, muggles go on about how much they like cheese. Now, it's not muggly to like cheese. I'm not saying cheese is muggly. But if you go on about how much you like cheese... You think you're purposefully making it your thing. Yeah. Over the actual enjoyment you're getting about it. You're, like, just, you're projecting yourself as a cheese lover. Yeah. Like, if, it's like if you could pitch yourself... I pitch myself... I'm an arrogant motherfucker. I pitch myself as a legend, as one of the best, of all this stuff. Like, if you think you're pitching about yourself as... Oh, I love a good kuda. I just tell you what, a couple of friends there the other night, Savito, brought him a little cheese board, but I do get the same one because sometimes they put camembert in there. I don't know if people like camembert, but the thing about camembert with the Tesco ones is it's not, it's, you really have to get it from the, the area. A lot of people don't know camembert is an area, this and it's very specific to the thing. So what I do is I do my own little pick and mix, and you can get the little fancy ones at Christmas, which are sometimes toffee pudding. Sounds disgusting, but with a lovely little fucking Ritz cracker. Oh, muggle. The... This is a week after we had a cheese board with the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> However, I'm trying to make a sandwich with man, me, so. Man, uh, this is... I'm totally guilty of this as well when it comes to a fucking charcuterie board. Like, I remember as a kid, my definition of an old person, right, was if you talk about a meal you had over a week ago, that's a sign of age. You'd be like, oh, t- I had a bloody lovely state last week. And I, t- I, I, I'm guilty of it, like, with this... I've made it specifically cheese so it doesn't fucking affect me because I'm a dick. But there's plenty of things that you could bring up. If you're referring to food as tender a week after you ate it. Oh, yeah. Like, you can do it while you're eating it. I mean, you could probably go on about, like, you could probably say, this would work, like, go on, a, Muggles go on about how much they'd enjoyed a shit three weeks ago. I'd get like that. I had a fucking cracking shit last night. Really? You know what it comes out? Like, it's... on the beer. No, it was good one still. Uh, oh, it was, it was really good. It was like a full, like, it was like a proper, like, unit. Like, but it was just, none of it was a struggle, none of it was a thing, and there was no, like, you know, sometimes with, like, a big poo that you got the, I always call them hobbit shits, I always hate, hate hobbit shits, and I, and I just mean the sense that, like, those ones where it should have just come out as one, but it comes out in three parts. Yeah. <laughs> like, you go for the shit, and then you think you're done, and then you go away, and then 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, I need another shit. It's like the Hobbit movies, you're like, you should have just done it as one, you've broken down into three things and made it a lot worse. I bled out me. I said that day and I was shitting it. Do you think that's the problem? <laughs> I think I should go see a doctor. This was shitting my blood. <laughs> that's my favourite line that you've never used on stage, which is just, when you guys shit, how do you stem the bleeding? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, um, So, you know, something I wanted to mention about the cheese as well, is I didn't realise, like, uh, cheese is... Wait, is it important as a grocery? Is it like a in with milk and bread? No, I don't think so. Right, because the reason I ask this is because I've always seen it as something that if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. But it's not a, it's not a staple, yeah. right? But I went to Rouge's house when his uh, dad went on holiday when he was about 15, right? Mm. And he had a letter, and the letter was above like a £20 note, and he was like, uh, he has a bit of money in case he run out of milk and cheese. And I'm like, 
You could have just said milk, like, <laughs> like, like he's not going to be like three days in going, oh, fuck, well, the cheese. Where's my cheddar? Because with milk, you put it in your cereal, you fucking put it in your tea, and your coffee. Oh, and you, you, cheese, you put it in your cereal, you put it in your tea. You can, that's not necessarily like, I think it's bread and milk. Yeah. And cereal would be before cheese. Yeah. Uh... Toilet paper, Aye. but then again, in blood, did you wipe your ass with cheese when you ran out of toilet paper? <laughs> Before, just for your own entertainment, uh, I had a sh- uh, where at Natalie's house. I had a shower in the fucking room that got infiltrated by that stranger in episode four. Um, so I had a sh- I had a shower in his room, and then um, I saw there wasn't there wasn't a towel in the bathroom. So I popped my head around the door and went, Daniel, there's any towels in the bathroom? Can you pass us a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> and he just came out and shoot like a dog. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for me, like, my, it's totally not. No, I've I've not always been a big fucking fan. I used to hate cheese when I was a kid. I used to scrape cheese off the top of pizzas. All I wanted was tomato. Yeah, it's fucking weirdo. Oh, it was totally weird. Totally weird. I used to like, like get, melted cheese is the fucking. T- I know. It's like bad for you, so you try to avoid it. But like, no, my thing was like, I, honestly, whole childhoods, like my whole childhood, I'd scrape off lasagna. I love lasagna. So you just wanted tomato ketchup on bread. Yeah, but I wanted the meat as well. I just didn't like the cheese. But it was just because I got in my head that I didn't like cheese. Oh, uh, so like, because even though it was completely different than yeah. the cheese you would have in a sandwich. Like, you having know a pizza. how stubborn I am. Stupidly yeah. stubborn to points. So like, I'd rather be right in my own head than right in the real world. Yeah, and you get heckled by a 70-year-old in, in Kilmarnock and you won't go back and gig in Kilmarnock until you can guarantee that that guy's dead. No, until I get a letter from Kilmarnock Council uh, guaranteeing me that he is dead and that I can open the show with me dancing on his grave. So you reckon, like, when he's technically 100, you're just going to assume he's dead and you're going to do the... I, I need all of Kilmarnock to apologise. Because they let it happen. Like, there were other people in that crowd who allowed that old man to heckle a fucking 17-year-old child doing his first ever hour on stage because he didn't like the fact that I said cunt. That was it. And he just heckled. And it wasn't helpful. It was just... And the staff it's weird that someone can get offended by the word cunt, but then be a cunt. Yeah, it's like, like, what you never did was a word. This? What he did is an action. Yeah. He's doing the actions of a cunt. You just said it. I've, it's it's one, of the, one of the things that, like, I... Like, it's like, it's like I'm saying, you're, like, oh, you're not allowed to say rape and then rape someone. Yeah. Like, like, it's, you, it's okay it's saying worse. it. It's worse to do it. I mean, it's not like that, by the way. None of these opinions are mine. However... <laughs> they are those of the BBC, then. <laughs> yes, the BBC. Or you an apology, quick smart. Um, is, like, for me, with uh, the swearing and stuff, which is... I've always wanted to put an age limit on my shows for... Over um, no over sixty fives. I want to generally for so long. I've wanted to do a rule which is like, if you're over the age of sixty five, you're not allowed to my show unless you say the word cunt knuckle at the door. Yeah, because that's that's, just, that's a cool disclaimer because I've found the punch drunk gigs. There's tons of cool old dudes like yeah. Oh, there's totally like I've it, done. I did a gig at a fucking uh, across the road from a funeral home in a fucking bowling club, and I was like nineteen, and I, and it was I just walked out and it was just over sixty fives, and I had a fucking belter gig. I did filthy love, and it was I was totally wrong. I had it in my head and afterwards this t- and I'm not shitting you bitch was 92 if she was a day she came over to me and like like the woman that hit me with a walking stick she was like that but she had the whole Zimmer frame so I thought I was like oh she's gonna hit me with the Zimmer frame I might die here she comes over and she goes you know you don't say shit enough and I'm like legend legend yeah. I love that she's just going to gigs near funerals just nearby just in case so I understand that prejudice in my head is prejudice but every time I've had a bad heckler that gets offended by something stupid it's, it's always weird. an old person it's weird like cantankerous old people it's like do you think this is the when do you think these are the old guys that have just failed you know, because uh, there's no natural selection no more. You can survive. You can get to uh, an old age and you just go, ah, oh, 
I've been shit. I've been a shit person, and it just manifests, and you just become cunty. But it's it's the idea of like when people go, it's, oh, it's dirty language. We can't. Say. So don't say that during the war and shit because you know don't say in front of kids. You can teach your kids not to swear, but this idea that. Kids love swearing. Like, people go, don't swear in front of my kids. I'm like, why? Because they'll laugh. I've got brothers that are 10 and 12 years younger than I am. When they were seven, saying the word cunt in front of them was the funniest thing. Kids are not offended. For me, I've always, because I, I saw comedy from such a young age, I went to see it live with my dad and stuff. Yeah. And they were like, you can't come in. There was one time during the Fringe, one of my favorite memories of my dad. I was about 13 years old. And he took me to the Fringe one night, and we went to see this like, late night show. Okay, this was the lineup, all pre-famous. Mike Wilmont, Daryl O'Brien, John Bishop, Reg D. Hunter, and uh, Adam Bloom. Man. Right, all doing fifteens. Right, this is like two thousand and three, so none of them are the names they are now. And before I go in, second eleventh gig, the guy at the door is like to my dad, "How old's your son?" And he goes thirteen, and he goes, "I can't allow him to come in." But I was like, "He's not drinking." He's like, "Yeah, but there's the age limits on the thing." He goes, "Yeah, but I don't. That doesn't matter." He goes, "What? It's my decision. He's my son." The guy goes, there's going to be a lot of uh, swearing and rude language. And my dad just turned to me and went, shit, bugger, fuck, cunt, bastard. He's heard them all. Can he come in now? Yeah. <laughs> and the bouncer just went, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what are swear words? We're just like, I understand you don't want your kid to say fuck, but you don't want your kid to say sex either if you mean sex. Mm. You know? Like, you don't want your kid to, like, it's the context that should count, that not the swear word. Yeah. Like... If he's saying shit, he's just saying poo, I've had a shit. Yeah. He's had a poo. But he's communicating himself in a way that he's letting you know what's happened. And, and, and then the reason swear words have power is because people like this <sighs> still react to them. and shit. And then the kid's like, oh, fuck, if I say shit, then when it's going to mean something. I've it's going to provoke a reaction. I've sworn from a very young age. And again, another uh, great thing, my, a lot, my parents uh, absolutely love to pieces because the way they raised me was just so fascinating. I remember like, when I was, I think I was 10, and I said, fuck, in front of my mum. And she went, you can't say that. And I went, why not? And she just went, eh, I don't know. And my dad just went, you can't tell him not to do something unless, unless you can, can justify yeah. why. And she was like... Because the teachers will be mad, but why? No, no, no. I don't know. But that's what she said. She went, all right, well, just don't do it in front of your grand because it'll upset her. And don't do it at school because I don't want to have to come in. And those were two valid reasons. I went, yeah. all right. That's not swearing for them people. And as well, kids kids swearing is funny. It oh, makes me laugh. Dude, have you seen the video of that six-year-old? Fuck your Mitsubishi, there's a horse outside. Oh, it's the, no, it's the Rubber Bandit song. Yeah. Fuck your Subaru, I got a, a horse, horse outside. outside. But there's a six-year-old, cute as a fucking button, just can't. Fuck your Subaru, I got a horse outside. It's, it's fucking hilarious. My uh, little brother. What's the one you thought was, though? Uh, I thought it was the little kid saying "fuck off, monkey." Have you not seen the safari nah, park? Look that up. Oh right, it's, it, people understand. He's in the safari park. A monkey jumps on the car. He goes, "Oh no, monkey on the car!" And his dad goes, "Oh, what do we say to the monkey?" And the two-year-old just goes, "Fuck off, monkey!" <laughs> Hysterical. Yes. Um, we, Matthew, my, uh, my uh, younger brother, for the older one, yeah, uh, eldest younger brother. Yeah, he was huge fan of Thomas the Tank Engine when we were kids, like when we were two years old. Loved it. My gran nearly had a fucking heart attack. Because he went, she went, who's your favourite song, Mr. Tank Engine? And he went, the fat cunt, the fat cunt, the fat cunt roller. <laughs> and I was gone. But yes. I got in trouble for laughing at it. Yeah. Because, like, because you made that what it was. Because when he heard me laughing, he started saying it like that. It's the same thing. I had a friend, Kyle, around when Matthew was two, and we were babysitting. And uh, my mum doesn't know this story. This is awful. This is a terrible story. But fuck it. Anyway, Matthew's two years old. My friend Kyle, and we're just playing with Matthew, and he's loving it. We're wrestling him and stuff. And uh, 
He's getting used to words. And Kyle, I leave, I swear to God, I leave the room for 30 seconds. I come back in and he's just taught Matthew to say, Matthew wank himself. <laughs> so I walk in and my two of them go, Matthew wank himself. And I laugh. And that's all it needs. And then just, we had to spend two hours conditioning him by saying, Matthew brushes teeth and laughing hysterically at Matthew brushes teeth. Yeah. Just so he would say that instead. So mum and dad come home right, and he goes, Mummy, daddy, guess what? Matthew brushes teeth. And my parents go, oh, he's doing a good job of babysitting. Good boy. <laughs> yeah. He's wondering why mum and dad aren't laughing. Yeah. Like, what? Going, it's like, I'm fucking killing earlier. Huh? With the brushing teeth. Mum and dad are tough crowds. Anyway, you, back- I'll try my old stuff. <laughs> Matthew wanking. <laughs> yeah. Back to cheese. Do you agree? Like, just the... Going on about how much you like about cheese, it, it's the thing we constantly gripe about is when you try and make a defining part of your personality, just something just a bit shit, you're trying to be unique. Yeah, because I, I, I like... Also, che- loving cheese is not unique. Uh, yeah, I, I like cheese. That's, it's not my identity. The most controversial statement on the podcast. <laughs> it's not my identity. No. I'm not about the cheese. Not all about the cheese. But I'll eat it. Cheese, cheese, cheese. I'll get it down it. Sometimes, sometimes I'll buy it. <laughs> no. Sometimes I'll just eat other people's. <laughs> I fucking ate so much of other people's cheese. I swear to God, it's such a sociable food that people give you. I've definitely ate more cheese that belongs to other people than you your, reckon, your yeah, own cheese. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I've, easily. I've, I've paid for thirty percent of the cheese I've eaten. Less, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon less than ten. You fucking thief. Less than ten percent. Yeah. Unless it's like an ingredient in something. Yeah, like I buy if a it's pizza, macaroni and cheese. But you know, if, if, if I'm talking like the ingredient, the the product. Yep. The also, uh, um, to uh, also Nick Cody and his girlfriend Lucha are listening to this. Uh, I know last night you said that sometimes I specify things in Muggle Corner specifically for you guys. I can assure you, wink, wink, that this was not aimed at you. Uh, Nat- Natalie got um, Natalie got really excited that her and Cody's Luch yeah. are both Scorpios. So oh. they both need to stand in the corner, even though Luch had nothing to do with that apart from being a Scorpio. Yeah. Get in the corner, Luch. Get in the corner, Natalie. Yeah. You both- no, but Luch does believe in star signs. Yeah, we are more reason to spend time in the corner. All right. Looking at the stars, you muggle. So I love you, Luch. I've got a muggle corner right here. Uh, people on Facebook that script their conversations that happened in uh, in their life, right? Um, so you know, if you script it like me, train conductor, yeah. the colon, yeah. as if it's a script, right? All it's got to con- be fucking brilliant. For future reference, right. all train conductors have colons. <laughs> <laughs> I've checked. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Hey, you got your ticket. You got your ticket. I'm gonna punch a hole now. I'm gonna punch <laughs> a hole now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, yeah, if you're scripting a conversation. It's, if you're going to take that format, it better be good. I didn't want to just see a conversation that you had that was fucking mundane. Yeah. And it happens a lot. I see, uh, I see comedians do it. I see... Well, because sometimes comedians non, use non, Facebook to put out, like, it's... Try material. For a joke, I said that the train... But I also don't believe you that in the writing of it, you didn't paint yourself as the hero. Like... Yeah. Like, because I'm aware that the way I tell stories, I'm always the hero. In fact, I would say that you're probably, me and Cody were talking about this at one night, the reason you're so funny, oh, it was me and Tom were saying, it was about you and Barry Casanola, who's another excellent fucking comedian, is you do, you've got no desire to be the hero in the story you, stories you tell. Like, no. the way you talk about your childhood and stuff, like, none of it's you're the hero, you don't mind, if everyone's laughing, you don't care if you're the but the joke because you're just happy that everyone's laughing I can't get that narcissism out of my head well I, I, I like telling stories where I should be the victim but I don't feel like the victim so yeah. it's fine so yeah, like no I don't want anyone's pity when I'm telling a sub story yeah, that's a great way it's always it. like uh, this is something funny like as if I'm telling a story about it happening to someone else but it happened to me mm. and then you're the victim that way oh it just uh, 
Just on that note, could I tell the uh, kite story just quickly? I know we've done it on stage, but it Which is... one, the kite? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, when I went to Norfolk with me, Grand yeah. Harry. This is just one of the best stories. If you've seen me and Kai do our double act, you've heard this story, but you won't mind it again. But this is just my... Kai told me this story in the car when we were driving home from gig in Cardiff, and I had to pull over the car because I was laughing so hard. I'll do the short version of it. So hold on, I'll, I'll just fill in. I've got two granddads, one who's uh, passed away, who was me, like, uh, I, like, I wouldn't swear in front of that granddad, you know, he taught us how to play chess, he always wore shirt and tie and everything, he was a respectable, like, ex-RAF dude, right? And I've got this other granddad on my mum's side, who uh, takes his t-shirt off to eat his Sunday dinner so he can get gravy and fucking mash down his top, right? <laughs> and then he goes in the shower after his fucking dinner. Right? What a fucking got, legend! I have got... <laughs> I have got like a fucking devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other in my childhood with my grandparents and the right? devil because he's there and the angel because you're the granddad's dead <laughs> yeah, I, exactly that fucking so, you'd be laughing at this fucking podcast from the ether so you, um, you were your granddad uh, the one that's still alive that one he's at, it takes you and Gav he, he, your takes, he takes me and Gav on holiday on a caravan holiday with him and his wife who's younger than me mum yeah right who I call auntie because she's younger than me mum yeah, and it just so I, woke, I grew up like where my granddad's fucking me auntie <laughs> <laughs> and obviously fine with like, this totally normal just totally normal uh, my granddad my auntie uh, hooking up on the daily <laughs> they're married like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not incest they're married it's not incest they're from Blythe <laughs> yeah uh, and so at one point how old were you at this point young yeah yeah. single figures right so we'll say about eight years old yep. so Kai's granddad and his auntie go into the bath uh, the bedroom of the caravan Go, Kai, you stay here and watch TV. And the caravan starts rocking once they're in this bedroom. And Kai, being young and naive, obviously doesn't know what this is, but he's freaking out because the caravan's shaking. And he just goes, Granddad! Granddad! So, someone's shaking the caravan! And his granddad, from the throws of passion, just shouts out, Eh, oh, it's just the wind! And the seven-year-old Kai just goes, Oh, great! I'll get me kite! Yeah. <laughs> I went outside with me kite and I couldn't get it to take off. <laughs> I'm looking at the caravan, the wind rocking it. Yeah, it would be while your kite is like a fucking dead dog in a lead. Uh, but that's a, so that's my example. Like the way you told that story to me was so funny because it was it wasn't traumatizing or sad. It was just the honesty and the the uh, innocence of it back then and now. The fact that you are able to laugh at it is what makes it's it's such a like thing. It's like. I didn't find out what was happening to me at Caravan Rock there. there until I was like, ah, oh, yeah, just like at the age of 20 or something. And I'm just remembering that moment. And you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, it just shines a completely different light on it. I remember, uh, same thing, you know, you're going on about remembering stuff in the past. Sorry to uh, keep, t- oh, no, I'm not. And to go off subject. I remember, and mum and dad, I'm so sorry, you probably don't remember this, but I do because I only worked out what happened a couple of years ago. I remember being like nine years old. I'm walking into my mum and dad's room like on Saturday morning. Um, oh no, it's probably about six or seven. Saturday morning uh, when Josie uh, was still alive, my sister. Every Saturday morning, I loved because I'd go into bed with my mum and dad. Josie would be there, and we were just lying there, and then we'd all go down to uh, McDonald's and get McDonald's pancake breakfast. I loved it. It was every Saturday, one of the highlights of my childhood. I remember every Saturday was fucking tradition. I remember one Saturday morning, and Josie's still asleep, so I'm just early. I walk in, and uh, there. I, there's a condom, and I know now that it's a condom beside the bed, a used one, there. But I'm nine, about right. six or seven. Sorry, I, I must have missed a step in the story because in my head you're still in McDonald's and just. No, no, condom. sorry, sorry. I was just saying that I love Saturday mornings. That was the tradition. Oh, so okay. This particular Saturday morning, before we go to McDonald's, I wake up. Josie's still in bed, so uh, 
I'm just the first one into the bedroom because kids have no concept of privacy. Yeah. The door's shut. I'm like, yay! I walk in and there's a used condom on the bedside table. And I go, what's that? And my mum, quick as a fucking bird, just goes, oh, it's just, it's just a balloon, right? <laughs> and I go, oh, dad, will you blow it up for me? Uh, <laughs> and my mum starts giggling and my dad's like, go on, man. Your mum's taking him up, right? Throws him another bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you make a, can you make a, can you make a giraffe out of that one, Martin? <laughs> It's a water bomb, fill it up, make a lava lamp. <laughs> but yeah, so just get back to the muggle thing. Pitching these stories is... It, it's If you said it as a script... Yeah. Because I, I think, like, you know, even if you saw the funniest sitcom in script form, it probably wouldn't make you laugh out loud, right? Yeah, because, because it's, it's in script form. Yeah. You're taking a lot of the fucking beauty of the story away from it by setting it up as he said, she said. So if you're, if you're putting something that you could just have as, like, a nice little story and you're putting it in... I said this, you said that. And I read that and it's just mundane and it's just something that happened in your day. You wasted my time. I've just read a little bit. I feel like you've pitched something shit to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've also just at one point, it's like... I feel like I've just read a draft that should never have made it to fucking print. It's kind of like you just, during the day when I was at dinner with friends, you FaceTimed me just to, and not to talk to me, but just to show me what you were doing, talking oh, to yeah. the woman at the Greg's counter. Just go, oh, look, there's me table and chairs. <laughs> no, FaceTime is for... So anyway, it's like, if, I think if you're going to pitch something as a script on Facebook, it's fucking banging out the park, yeah. even if you have to lie. Mm. You know? It, I totally agree. It's got, it's got to be hilarious, otherwise I'm just fucking reading, like, uh, 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 the minutes of your day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a... What's the word? Photographer? Cartographer. No, that draws maps. <laughs> yeah, what's the... The f- something photographer. And it's got the yeah. The, you know the, when you're in court and yeah. they've got like the four keys. Yeah. But they can type with the four keys. Yeah. How do you learn them? Uh, do them four keys do every letter? I don't think it's just for four. every combination. Oh, it's com- I think it's like. Is it like four or five keys? It is, I isn't it? Because so, yeah. it just looks like they're fucking playing with a tape recorder. <laughs> you know, it's got like the play, pause, eject, right. record. They decide. They're just funny, not <laughs> just recording it, but being a dick and keep pausing it. Uh, so yeah, totally agree. If you post. Stuff that's happened in your... You like to talk about your day, but if you script your day and pitches that, you're, that's a quite a muggly thing to do. I've totally done it, but yeah, muggle corner. We're going to have to speed up, but I didn't realise how fucking... Uh, let's fly. Uh, this one is from Aaron McCann uh, on Twitter, but uh, Aaron McCann is not normal. Aaron McCann, I don't know if you've met Aaron. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I met him way before you did. Yeah, Northern yeah, Irish I, comic, very uh, he, young. He put us up on his couch, right? So he's like, oh, I'll put you up on my couch, I'll see you gigging in, uh, in Belfast. This is what's fucking great with stand-up, there's always somewhere for you to crash. You've got a yeah. fraternity. I never met the boy. He realised that I would need a place to stay off of me his couch. But the couch he put us on was student accommodation. So he had like other students in the flat. <laughs> and I'm just in that common room. <laughs> just fucking sleeping where they play FIFA. Just having a wank. Well, uh-huh. you're looking, you're watching, watching like college porn, being like, ah, it could be you. Yeah. Um, sorry, McCann. Uh, it was well because I'm much older than him as well. I was like 10 years older than him. I was just the, the fucking... The, Hey, there's a man in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for your couch, Aaron. I know you listen to the podcast. Yeah. You're a fucking so, dude. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, uh, great comic. He supported me uh, on tour. Uh, f- genuinely fucking funny comic. Uh, but he gets mugged off on later. Now, here's one that he said. I'm going to pitch it and then I'll explain the backstory. Muggles comment on friendship statuses on Facebook things like, is this the girl you were talking about? 
And where this comes from is uh, I do it with both Adam Rowe and I do it with Aaron McCann, which is, I don't know what sentence they've got on their Facebook, but whenever they become friends with someone... I never say it come up for anyone else. It's only Adam Rowe and it's only Aaron McCann. And it comes out and goes, Aaron McCann is now friends with. Now, whenever it is a girl that they become friends with, me and a bunch of Northern Irish comics being like, Aaron, is this girl you're on about? Is this girl you text me about? Oh, I'm so glad, mate. Oh, Jesus. Finally, you can stop fucking harping on about her. Because Aaron's one of the... He's doing what you do with Facebook. Anyone... He's accepting all friend requests yeah. sort of thing, making that his fucking page. So it's coming through all the time. So it might be a girl that he's never met never unless seen met, him in a gig. Never met. And just we are pitch and that all they get is all of his close friends being like, Oh, is this the one you want to propose to? Have you got the ring yet? Oh, I've had a good idea. We could like get a picture of the girl from a, one of our not a profile photo, but mm. like a photo like deep down in that thing, right? Uh, change my name and your phone to Aaron McCann. I'll text you the picture going, Oh, this girl that I've hooked up with, right? So that when you screen cap it and put it on his post, the girl will see the post where yeah. it looks like you've been chatting to Aaron about the girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aaron, I bet you're devastated that you brought this up. Yeah, and when you said muggles do that, I think the word you were looking for is legends. legends. <laughs> yeah, so it's not in Muggle Corner. You're absolutely not correct. Legends do this. I did one with Adam Rowe, but I couldn't post the photo, but it would have ended Adam Rowe's life. Adam Rowe, a uh, uh, great Liverpudlian comic. Um, he, uh, we did the same thing. We became friends with this fucking girl uh, and everyone was going on it. Now I, there's an app that you can have which you can create fake WhatsApp conversations. So you, I go in, I take Adam's picture on his WhatsApp conversation, I put it in, you can put the times in. And uh, I did exactly that fucking thing of, you know, it's me going, oh, congrats to me, friends with girls. Like, oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I'm like, great, buddy. Just play it cool. And then him replying, being like, oh, I don't know if I can. She's so pretty. And it's been so long since I've had sex. <laughs> right? And then one. And so, like I said, our conversation ended like 1 a.m. And then just at 1 a.m., his last message to me is, can I support you on tour? And then two days later, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Right? And I made that thing and I was like, I'm going to end his life and Facebook wouldn't let me post the photo you can't comment with a photo if you're not friends with both people oh. so I sent it to Adam Rowe and he was like mate you've got no idea I would have had to have deleted Facebook <laughs> yeah it's gross um, oh that's a horrible app that you can fake conversations it's so good you could end lives with it I've, I've done that before where I've changed the name of like mm. you know, the person I'm with I've changed it to the person I'm doing it with yeah. I didn't realise you could get that the far. app's that's, great that's a for great it. idea uh, but so no that does not belong in uh, Michael Corn Anna McCann uh, you in fact are Muggle, uh, for, muggles get upset by that cracking banter. So off in the corner you go, you Northern Irish fuck. Uh, what's your second one? Yeah, so I've got uh, two very similar ones for the next one. So could be able to fly through these. Guilty as well. Um, it's when you merge words, and obviously the fucking main one's Brexit at the minute. Mm. The British exit. What, why don't people? What's the real term for that? Just the referendum, the leave referendum. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But fuck man, Brexit. Like it's just so corny. Yet you've like put it. It's caught on, and like people are talking about a huge thing, mm. um, like penal. Uh, <laughs> penal's a good one. <laughs> fucking good one. Um, <laughs> another one's uh, brunch. Obviously, brunch is probably the most common one. Oh, but I feel like brunch well is breakfast. a natural thing now. But it's breakfast and lunch. It's brunch. Yeah. It's caught on. Uh, there's manscaping. There's she- yeah. sheeple. Sheeple. Uh, mocktails. Mocktails. <laughs> You're gonna have brex- breakfast mocktails for brunch. <laughs> Cucum- Bre- cucumberella. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is a fucking Kickstarter campaign if I've ever heard one, right? <laughs> the cucumberella. A cucumberella, I guarantee. Because people donate to stupid shit, right? You can have a great idea. No one will finance it. But if you go, here's a dumb thing. 
Like, they'll totally, if you just pitch, you've invented an umbrella, but the handle is a, a cucumber, and you call it, if you, I guarantee you patent that, right. you go on Kickstarter, I guarantee you make 10 Well, grand. you know, you put a cu- cucumber on your Hendrix gin, yeah. and you put an umbrella on cocktails. Oh! You put it on your fucking cucumber on mocktails cucumber? for brunch. That's, that's <laughs> Wait, a, have all your frenemies? Mate, we need to delete this podcast. We can't release this. This is actually genius. I would, I'd drink gin. If you put a cucumberella, and that's what it was called, like a thing in the cucumber, my Hendrix gin. Yeah. I'll buy it for a grand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk on gin. I'll sell you one. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, yeah. But I do like, um, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I've always enjoyed combining swear words. Uh, I think we've spoken about... Fuck tard. Yeah. That's what fucking, isn't it? Bass fucking tard. Right. Um, I always think, yeah, for me, like, I think a lot of people get offended by the word fuck tard because they assume that the tard part came from retard. And for me, fuck tard was always just fuck combined with bastard. Ah, oh, right. I never. Yeah, because people. Cause it's I was well, like, you know, do you know retards being like totally misused? It just means like uh, IQ less than. Oh, I've got. I, I I've got such a problem with people that get offended uh, by uh, the word uh, retard because for me words do change over history. They lose their fucking meanings. Doug Stanhope's got a great bit in his new special about this. Go watch that. Like, imagine the word muggle become powerful. Yeah. But it meant something else. Like Muggle ended up like being twisted and turned by pop culture mm. into meaning like people with special needs and additional needs, right? And then all of a sudden, this podcast from the 2016 was saying Muggle willy nilly, and people just think we're horrific. Like, but oh. it's just because the word's been morphed, and, yeah. and then and then people are going, "It was a different time back then." Yeah. And you're like, "Yeah, it's a different time." They're cunts. Yeah. yeah, but we'll still be cunts in the future. I, I I touched on that in my show last year, which is like when my sister was born, the doctor said to my mother, "Your daughter is spastic." Right, because that's the dictionary definition term for what Josie had. There was nothing bad about the word spasticated. Don't do that now; would be so unprofessional. Yeah, but it's only until a bunch of cunts heard the word spasticated, started calling people that weren't spastic, spasticated spastics, and then we all got uncomfortable. Like the, cunts make words offensive. Words are not inherently offensive. And for me, the reason I don't, I, I don't use the word retard just because I don't want the, I don't want the the firebite for it. But to me, as somebody who had. A sister with a uh, disability. When you say the word retard, I do not think of my sister. Right? There's no association to me. Nah. To me, retard has always meant. Think of Elliot Steele. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. And I, and I understand to other people, like, it's, it's, it's different. Like, if you grew up, uh, you know, being called it. Like, it's the same thing with the homophobic terms, like, you know. Oh, uh, man, if I, if I call one of my mates gay, right? Yeah. That, that's because they're straight and I'm taking their identity from them. Yeah, you're accusing You know, I'm, I'm taking their identity. Like, I'm not offending them. I'm just saying, like, that's a straight man. If I call him gay, that's, yeah, that's something he's not. Yeah, yeah, but the reason, the reason that people do get upset about it and what I understand is, is, the, is the fact that you, you, you didn't grow up where the, you were insulted for being gay when you weren't gay, right? So that's why you got offended. But if you are gay and you're growing up and people insult you for being gay, they're actually insulting who you are yeah. to your core. Yeah. They're saying what you are. Is. They're not taking your identity. They're, they're stamping on your identity. Yeah, they're stamping on your identity. So, that's what, so when you use the word uh, gay to insult someone who's not gay, and that's why, because I do try and like lessen how much I, you know, it's inherently in my head from when I was a kid. We all did it, yeah. right? But it is something that I'm like, and I understand with retard, it's the same. Like if you grew up and, you know, you, uh, you, you, know, you weren't as disabled as my sister and you, people did call you mong or spastic or whatever. When you hear those words used casually by people you like, you're like, you don't understand the weight. You don't understand how much those words crushed me when I was young. And I, it's, it's such a difficult topic to discuss because 
Because you've got to say the words to you've discuss it. Words. Yeah. You've got to say the words. And, 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 and people are already buzzing, like, oh, buzzword. Mm. Buzzword. Yeah. And it, let's stop being serious because none of us know what we're talking about. You know, it's funny with, um, like, this. <laughs> words like, obviously, if you say bitch, that's gender specific. Yeah. You're talking about a girl, right? Because the female dog yeah. is a bitch, right? But you know the word bird yeah. isn't gender specific. Mm. So let's make that broad. I'm not his bird. Yeah, you're my bird. I'm not? Yeah, you are. Yeah, no bird. Don't be for Steve Hey, my little, my, my little magpie. <laughs> one for sorrow. Um, was that you did the, that one? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. quickly go through the last one. Hold on, Mark. I, I, I can give you my last one in oh. quick succession because it's very similar. Um, shortening words to totes for dick, totes of mosh. Oh, uh, totes agree. Do you totes agree? Yeah. I think it's for props back. I think it's. I, I think it's super annoying. Uh, so just get in the muggle corner if you do that. Uh, and my final one is just very uh, simple. There is an exemption to this, but muggles go to other people's house to see their Christmas decorations, like their Christmas lights outside their house. If you're exempt, if you have children, you think right? The children are because to kids that's magical, right? To kids they're going to see this amazing house. But you're forty, you know Darren did that. Like it's just do it yourself. Your your kids are like, well, oh my god, this is a magical. You've got you could do that. Yeah, the, this isn't magical to you. You've got your head around electricity right. and purchases. Yeah, you got a mortgage. You know how much that costs. You're just there tutting like, oh, someone's rolling in it. So um, that, Natalie's got a Christmas tree up, which we're looking at right now. Upper oh, family, purple, purple and gold uh, baubles. It's very nice. Um, and I come in yesterday, um, got changed and shit, and went back out to Matilda. And she's like, do you like the Christmas tree? I think. Christmas tree. <laughs> I didn't see a Christmas tree. It's there. Look at it. It's, it's literally. It's and it's a massive. It takes up. Yeah, it's in the corner it's of the, the room. Corner. You know what I did notice? You it's know, it's there, in the corner. You have to stand in for not noticing it. You know there was a shelf in that corner before there was yeah. a Christmas tree, and the shelf's now there next to you. Yeah. Oh, I so saw, it is. I saw that. Oh, is that where that came from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell, you're as bad as me. So I saw that shelf, and um, went. Oh, they've moved the shelf. It used to be in that corner. Didn't even acknowledge the Christmas tree. <laughs> Who's your friend? Like, honestly, I might be special. No, but that's the thing, like, I was... But that's if she ever complains about you being like, you didn't notice my new haircut, you could move house and I probably wouldn't notice. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even guarantee that you're the same girl I started going out with four years ago. <laughs> I might be cheating. <laughs> I think I might have accidentally replaced you five times. Uh, right, so we'll go through those uh, three muggle things. Well, two, only five, because Aaron McCann's was not a muggle thing. Uh, if you are guilty of any of the following things in the corner for 30 seconds, if you go on about how much you like cheese, you're fine to like cheese, just don't make it who defines you, you fucking muggle. Uh, and if you go to other people's houses to see their Christmas decorations and lights without kids, and some of you are like, who does it without kids? Trust me, people do it without kids. Uh, you're a muggle here in the corner for 30 seconds. And uh, if you're scripting conversations on Facebook, make it good or you're a fucking muggle and I'll get taught to mosh because it's ridiculous. Uh, and if you, if you have fucking breakfast, brunch mocktails... We are frenemies at Brexit. I'm t- Where I, you're manscaping. I, 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 I think I am in, yeah, I'm in the corner for, for a minute for Imagine those them words are so corny. I do it's all so the time. so corny, but like when people stop seeing the corny mm. side of it and stop using them with a sense of irony, the way we talk about Cucumbrella, yeah. we're talking about it, it like being dickish. It's like, it's a pun, it's a pun. But yeah. the minute you let it catch on and you start using it in your lexicon. Well, yeah, it's like when people combine like couples' names, like, you know, it's, oh, it's Brangelina. Like, I mean, it'd be like me calling you Natalie, like Natagimp. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. In. Yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna have to. Sk- we're, we've only got time for your dad jokes. We can do the next game uh, on uh, Monday. Uh, should we just go straight into your dad jokes? Because I do have to get to Soho, yeah, and sure. we've rambled on for loads. Uh, your dad jokes. We're me and Kai and Sal, each other's dads for being our dads.
Uh, I'll go first. Uh, your dad stands on top of the yellow pages to kiss the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's catchphrase is, they don't call me hot lips for nothing. <laughs> They don't. <laughs> There's a reason for it. A, he's, he's got a point. And you know his reason when he uses his catchphrase. And that was before he kisses you, he just, he just rubs him. Gets <laughs> <laughs> nice and warm. Pulls a light on the other. Uh, your dad uses wall-mounted dildos with suction cups to keep his balance in the shower. <laughs> and I'm not mean like handles. I mean like he puts one on the wall, just backs into it. And just <laughs> Holds himself up. <laughs> Rectally. Your dad's scared of monsters. <laughs> Who isn't? Everyone they're monsters. Uh, they're monsters. They don't exist. Oh, you, but if they did, though. Yeah, that's scared of them anyway. Right, okay. The thought of them. Uh, takes under his bed. Uh, <laughs> Just sees loads of his support dildos. <laughs> On your mum and dad's wedding anniversary, your dad got up early. Boiled the kettle, made some toast, snuck back into your mum's bedroom, and put the kettle on your mum's face and said, We're out of bread. (laughs) (laughs) Hush. Your dad filled a condom full of drugs and smuggled it on a flight up his nose. (laughs) Oh, maybe maybe they weren't having sex when I walked in when I was seven. Maybe they were just on the rack all night. (laughs) (laughs) They were fucking trying to get some drugs to Thailand. Uh, Your dad naps at IKEA in the cupboard, (laughs) (laughs) not even in the bed. Uh, your dad makes coffee in the pan. <laughs> uh, your dad had to wear a lampshade on his head after his vasectomy so he wouldn't lick the stitches. <laughs> your dad's safe word is Daniel. <laughs> and he uses it while he's wanking. Uh, your dad uses a Ouija board to sex your dead granddad. <laughs> oh, cold-blooded. Your dad uses his glove box to keep gloves in. He puts his cloak in the cold cloakroom, but he uses baby oil on his dick. I think this is proof enough that your dad's got a baby dick. Nah, where'd you think you got mine from? Your mum. <laughs> And things to about you, Daniel, is you got your, got your mom's dick. <laughs> <laughs> you got your mom's dick in your dad's tits. Uh, you've got your dad's finances. Uh, uh, too real. <clears throat> your dad has never lost a ring up his own arsehole, but he has found seven. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's got a pay-as-you-go phone, so every week he buys one of them scratch card things, and then when he doesn't win, he doesn't buy himself a top of card for his phone. Uh, Your dad cried when the singing kettle broke up. (laughs) Your dad dials 100 and asks the operator to reverse charges when he calls Babe Station. (coughs) That's smart. Did he used to reverse charges? Did he do? I don't know if you can still do it. It's something I used to do. Like if I was like yeah, finished rugby, there's a kid I'd like dial phone and then they dial one hundred and that guy like first charges for and then saving parents number and then you'd hear the operator talking to your mum. Uh, Will you reverse charges? And you'd hear my mum just ah go on then. Because <laughs> your mum be like, Fuck's sake. I don't have a son. Gonna, He's like, it's gonna cost a quid. Could have just took ten pence. <laughs> um, your dad leaves comments on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Do people actually do that? Yeah. 
Because there's a common do you know option, but I've never seen the comments. Oh, I've I have. I've seen there's a share option as well. Who's fucking putting that on Facebook? We'll even stay on. Yeah. And yeah, no, it comments. It's just people being like, "Oh man, love this video. Oh man, wish that was me." Just sad, lonely man. Like your dad. I am. Um, I share. I share a porn. <laughs> I didn't share a porn. I told um, Matty about this porn star, like who was fucking probably stunning, right? And I was just like, "Oh, dude, I think I found my new favorite porn star." And I text Matty, and then when I went run, Matty hadn't checked out yet. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna check out this porn star." <laughs> but like, there was stuff I'd been watching. There's just like some soft core stuff. It was more about how stunning she was. Yeah, the stuff she did. It was just, it was just her like solo masturbating, uh, classy stuff. It was just like a uh, proper stunner. Get, yeah. get off. It was good, good to watch. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? So Matty was like, oh, "I'll check this bird out, right?" <laughs> he types on him in the first video. Video that come up right man after man after man just up that asshole right and then she shot it into a saucer and slipped the ass spunk out of the saucer <laughs> and Maddie was just there can she seems quality <laughs> she seems quality eye posh <laughs> I think I've got one more dad joke. Yeah, no, you should have two. Uh, oh no, one more, yeah. One more. Uh, your dad's currently on his hands and knees at Spearmint Run Rhino right now, this minute, on his hands and knees, uh, looking for an earring that he lost last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your dad had a dream. He was eating a giant uh, marshmallow, but was devastated when he woke up and found out your mum hadn't left him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. Is my mum the marshmallow? No, it's just, it, was, it, was, it was like a misdirection. He just he wants your mum to leave him every night. He's devastated. Doesn't matter. So it's marshmallows. Well, no, like the classic joke is like I, I had a dream I was eating a giant marshmallow. I woke up and the pillow was gone. So I wanted to make you believe ah, I was. Go- I've never you heard never, that you joke. You never heard that joke. Ah, so that's why. So the joke is I had, a, I had a dream. I was eating a giant marshmallow. I woke up. My pillow was gone. So I was doing that I joke to try and tell. So I thought you were going to assume, and I was like, but in his dream. The- Did I? One time I put some like. Um, Reversed some jokes and put them on Facebook, but didn't realise like quite how stock they were. It's you know when someone goes, uh, uh, "What are you doing chatting during a comedy gig?" So the comedian will say to the punter, "What are you doing talking during a comedy gig?" You wouldn't go into a brothel and have a wank, right? So I started reverse engineering all of them, going, uh, "I was hang- having a wank in the brothel, and then a comedy club just uh, come around us and stuff." Yeah, like that. yeah. And I just like reverse engineered all of them jokes, but then just looked like I was being really passive aggressive about a heckler, <laughs> and no one got it. <laughs> This would be like 2010. I put like about six out in a row on Facebook and just all of them bombed. Are you excited for like? In, uh, I realized like everyone had to know what I was are you on exci- about. Are you excited for in a couple of months when Facebook is like, Kai, relive this status, and you're like, nah. Uh, I might delete it. <laughs> um, we are not on tour, uh, but uh, we are gigging. I am in. This is going out on Thursday, uh, which means the shows you can see I have left in Soho are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which I'm pretty sure are sold out. Uh, I think some. Left, there'll be promoter holds left, so you can get in on those. Uh, the gigs have been great so far, thank you for uh, coming. And then we're in Austria uh, doing altitude, it's still not too late to come. I'm gonna be um, in Barnsley on Friday. Oh, cool! Yeah, so if there's anyone in Barnsley, no, I don't not even much else to do, I just want to hang out. Yeah, just if, uh, if you want to just go to Nando's, <laughs> Nando's and chill. Um, but um, and then I'm gonna be in Hartlepool on the Saturday. Hartlepool, where? where? At the town hall, right? Uh, so you can come see us, uh, but if you don't want to come see us live. Uh, we really do. We love the feedback for the podcast because it's what makes us uh, keep doing it. I had a guy in Soho last night uh, after the show just came up afterwards uh, and he was like, cream. And I was like, amazing. Like, uh, that's the funniest thing in the world. 
And then he was, he was like, oh, how's the show going? I loved it. I thought it was great. It's been a good run. I was like, yeah. And then you turned up and you should have seen the joy in his face. He's like, oh, Muggins is here too. Oh, yeah. You come up. You tell us he's been traveling and he'd been listening to the podcast while yeah. he's been traveling. So we, we love the feedback. Uh, we love the uh, suggestions. Uh, so keep all coming. Hey, there's, um, there's something we've got to do as well. We've got, um, we've got to go. Uh, we're splitting up the, the fucking. Is this it? Um, we're going to break up and you're going to go to LA and I'm going to go to Australia in the middle of January. So we're going to need to get. Uh, new kit and podcast equipment there's like yeah. fucking a couple of hundred pounds worth of gear yeah. um, I'm going to put it to you guys fucking if you want to buy my show that'll put towards it yeah. so, like loads of podcasts have got like Patreon pages where people can donate and stuff like that um, if I can sell like 10-20 copies of my show over the next week off, off the back of this little plug here then we'll have oh, the podcast yeah. equipment that's a, yeah that's a great show so basically and you get a show out of it I'm not yeah. just mugging 10 quid off you yeah so if basically if for the next week you go on Kai's website and buy his uh, show for £10 uh, buy it as a Christmas present for someone it's yeah. a nice secret Santa present a good stocking fella if you want me in your stockings we will then use I want to be in your stockings too uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll then use that money to buy a second recorder and two other mics. So that means two things. One, when we go on our separate on tour, we can still... Uh, Kai's going to take over the Mondays, I'm going to take over the Thursdays. But what's more exciting when we do reunite in Australia is it means uh, we will have four microphones. That means we can have guests on the podcast. And what that means is unlike other podcasts, when we have, they have guests on it, they're nice to their guests. We want to make sure that all of the darkest, deepest stories come Oh, no, but we're just going to be horrible to it. We're horrible yeah. to each other on this podcast, and it's going to be the exact same fucking thing. Let's turn this into a fucking wolf pit. A roast. Um, so thank you for that. Please uh, you can, you can buy. You can buy my uh, show on kaihumphreys.com uh, forward slash shop. But apart from that, uh, you guys have been great. Yes, uh, you have. Uh, a bit quiet, this podcast, but you're all right. Uh, thanks very much. Love you. Bye.